You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. Praise God. Well, I am so glad to be here and all those things you read about me, they're true, but what I enjoy most is just being Brother John. I, uh, I started, I was 20 years old, started, well, 19 years old, started preaching in the streets of uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, in the jailhouse, and uh, just been about Jesus all along. Love missions, very uh, excited as a, as a Baptist preacher, a Baptist Bible Fellowship, we were totally mission-oriented. And uh, I came into Pentecost, and there was little missions. But I thank God when I come here, there's missions, 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 missions. People going to the mission field, people giving to missions. It's the most powerful thing you can do. It's hard to backslide if you're really serious about missions. Glory to God. I want to talk to you today about expectation. Expectation. And I might start by saying, I've never heard, now they may happen all the time, but I've never heard of a surprise miracle. People come in and say, you know, I got surprised with a miracle. God just surprised me with a miracle. Now he'll bless you. But if you have a miracle that you're believing for, it's not going to be a surprise when it comes. You're going to be looking for it, believing for it, and watching for it. You know, faith is knowing that God can do a thing. And every believer that, uh, that is truly born again knows that God can do Anything. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Every believer knows God can do anything. However, it takes more than knowing that God can do it for it to take place. There's a little, here's an interesting thing. You know, everything in the new creation man, that new creature that you are in Christ Jesus, There's all these wonderful new things that come to you, Uh, your faith. You can have the God kind of faith. You can have uh, uh, wisdom and understanding and all those things. But you know, your expectation, it's the same old expectation you were born with that now operates in bringing to pass those things that God wants to do in your life. And it's, it's, you know, I I couldn't grasp this when I first saw it. I, I, I love the teaching on the new creation man and uh, the, the pattern sun and those things that, uh, that are so exciting about trying to be like Jesus. But here it says, and let me give you the scripture where this happens. In uh, the book of Acts, the third chapter, the fourth through the eighth verse, it's about the man that was at the gate beautiful. And, you know, he sat at this gate, and at that gate beautiful, Jesus was there many times preaching, and he saw people get healed, and he saw, may have seen the dead raised, but he never saw it happening to him. And so here he is now after the resurrection of our Lord and John and uh, Peter and John come down and they begin to speak. And the fourth verse says, and, P- and Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something. I mean, this is generic. This is generic expectation. He, had n- he was not expecting anything supernatural. He was looking for silver and gold. So 
keep that in mind that that, that expectation it's something that is in you naturally. It's part of you, a human being. You, you have expectation, but you have to learn how to focus it on the things that God has promised. Now watch with me, please. It goes on. It says, Sil Peter said, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped and stood. Uh, he le and he leaping up stood, walked into the, entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now here you have, total just his expectations. He's looking for some money, and instead they take and move into that moment and say, Jesus wants to heal you. Rise up and walk. And he that expectations out there, and he comes into one of the promises of God. Now watch this, please. Because that's an exciting scripture. That's an exciting scripture. But it also excites the people that don't like prosperity. Because they use it to come to me and talk to, well, look, if God wants us to prosper, why was Peter and John saying silver and gold have I none? You ever wondered that? How can this be a prosperity message going out from the very apostles of Jesus and you've got no silver and no gold when he teaches that you'll have exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think? Well, people that attack this message of abundance and God wanting to bless you, they try to do it with Scripture. Just like they'll say, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. And they said, Jesus didn't have a house. Not so. The Bible clearly tells us Jesus had a house. Uh, two of the apostles of John were following him and said, uh, Master, where dwellest thou? And he didn't say, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. He said, come see. And they spent the day with him at his house. So... Now, what has happened here? Why do these fellows not have silver and gold in their pocket? Well, 12 verses up is where the event happened that changed that. Uh, Acts 2, 41 through 45. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many uh, wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, and every man had his need. Now, it sounds there almost like they just gave everybody a pocket full of money. But it didn't happen exactly that way. The fourth chapter and the 33rd and 35th verse through there, it says, And with great power gave the apostle witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for they had, for as many as were in possessions of lands and houses sold them and brought the price of the things that they were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. The finances stayed there in the house of God. They went out and needs were met there. So you come to find that if Peter and John would have reached in their pocket and took out silver and gold, you would have known that they were not living by the same rules that they were teaching to the people because at that time the church went in the church went into a communal living and it wasn't to suggest that we live communally but there were so many people stuck in Jerusalem that had been born again and had nothing to go back to some of them could go back to execution if they left Jerusalem and so the church had that problem silver and gold have I none not a good verse 
for coming against prosperity because remember, if you use that, someone could turn over 12 verses up and just show you that you didn't know what you were talking about. Amen? <laughs> Mark 11, 22 through 23, And Jesus said unto them, Have faith in God. Or as some uh, uh, translations put it, have the God kind of faith, knowing God can and knowing that God will bless you. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and shall, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, child of God, there is that faith that God can do it, but the expectation that he will do it. Now, that goes into many places. You know, employment. There's a verse on employment hardly ever gets spoken, but it promises that you can have undisturbed, total, full lifetime employment without any gaps, without layoffs and those kind of things. Well, Brother John, where's that in the Bible? Ecclesiastes 5.18. It says, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy all of his labor that he taketh unto the sun. Now watch, all the days of his life, that which is, uh, all the days of his life, which God hath given him, for it is your portion. Full-time employment is your portion. Now watch this. It doesn't say that you'll have full-time employment if you believe that God wants you to have it. You'll have full-time employment when you know that you will have it, when you confess it, when you literally are amazed when you're out of work. Wait a minute. Something's wrong here. That's not according to the Bible. I'm supposed to have full-time employment. I'm on my way right now. I'm going to get a better job. It's just good this one stopped. I'm headed for a better job. Are you understanding? If you know, what you know is what's going to happen. What you think or what you think might happen is not going to happen. It might, it might get accidental happen. But child of God, tell me, when you are expecting something from God and you're saying, Lord, I know this is going to happen. You said it's going to happen. I'm going to have full employment. You can just live the rest of your life with full employment. You don't have to, you don't have to live with all of this breaking employment. And let me say this. Even in times like the COVID times, there are folks just like you that got totally rich during the COVID times. It's the first time they got off the job and got a chance to really uh, survey their own abilities and they went into their own kind of business. I know one young man in uh, Manila became very wealthy. He just started delivering swimming pool chemicals to people that were not allowed out of the house. He got special permission to do it. And here are all these pools. You know, a pool's got to have chemicals, especially in hot weather, or it'll just turn green on you. The man's very wealthy now, got a lot of money in his pocket. Never would have done it if it hadn't been for COVID. He'd have continued working at the bank and he'd have spent his life making bankers rich instead of being rich himself. Have we learned anything at all? Yes, sir. See, full employment is your portion, but when there is a break, realize it might just be God opening your eyes to the fact that now it's your turn to be the boss. Now, amen. Faith is knowing that God wants you to have full employment expectation brings it one level higher knowing that there will that you will have full employment now healing healing's a fantastic thing i tell you it just comes so quickly to some and it comes so difficultly and you'll have one healing just like boom and then another you're laboring with and going on but if expectation is not mixed with your desire to be healed it's not going to happen first peter 2:24 who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live 
unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Wait a minute, were he, uh, kind of nebulous. I was. When was that? I'm, I'm still standing here. Here's, here's the verse that clarifies it. But uh, Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. You follow? All of a sudden, there's expectation. I am healed. There's expectation. The word stirs it up in you. But then I can't explain why. But that's not some new uh, thing that came with your new creation uh, uh, package with your with your faith package that had so many of your benefits, your new ways of doing things. It's still that same old, just anticipating, expecting it to happen. Now, prayer without expectation, absolutely, it it takes place. It's all over the church. It was in the New Testament church. It happened with a little girl named Rhoda and a fellow named Simon Peter. It tells us in Acts 12, 5 and 12, Acts 12, 5 through 12, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer, now watch this, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night, the night before it would happen, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keeper before the door kept, in, kept, in, kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came unto him, a light in, shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up and saying, Rise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself up, bind thou on thy sandals. And so we, he did. And he said, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Uh, ninth verse. And he went out and followed him and wist not with the, uh, that it was true, which was done by the angel, but he thought that he had a vision. I mean, can you imagine you're in there chained up and all of a sudden you're out in the street walking around and you're thinking, am I dreaming? Is this a dream? Is this really happening? When, this were, when they were past the first and second ward, there came unto iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened the, to them of their own accord. I mean, you've got to be waking up somewhere here. And they went out and passed out to, in, into the street and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hands of Herod and from all the uh, expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. And many were gathered there praying. Let me tell you, prayer was going on over the whole city. They were praying for Simon Peter. And as Peter knocked on the door of the gate, uh, a damsel came and hearkened, uh, and hearkened named Rhoda, I like that name, and when uh, she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, there, you're crazy. You said, that's not Simon Peter. But she constantly affirmed that it was even him. Then they said, oh, it's just his angel. Prayer without expectation. But watch this. If you have a piece of toast in your toaster, that burns an image of a pair of wings on it, you can get several thousand dollars for it on the internet because people are curious to see angels. But now, angels were nothing. He said, oh, it's just his angel. Do you know that they would have, poor Rhoda would have been stomped to death, people running over to go see the angel now. But here's the thing about it. If you know who you are, you'll find that angels are trying to look in and see about you. 
because you are the one that's coming forth in the fullness of the measure, the stature of Christ. And before Jesus came, angels had never seen God, had never seen him. But when he came, they saw God because he's the invisible God and Jesus was the personification of him. Are, are you understand what I'm trying to say to you? Or am I taking too long doing it? Simon Peter, it's his angel. What, an, what, a, what a strange thing. And then nobody wanted to go see the angel. Today they climb over each other to see angels. They'll stand all night in the cold just to see, a, the, 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 like, in this, like these two circles up here. All of a sudden a, a shadow of an angel appears in it. And I mean, you can sell, you can sell tickets there, $100 a piece, just to have come people go look at the angel. And the truth is, angels are wanting to look at you because you're in the image of the God that created them. Glory to God. And then also, expectation, uh, wrong expectation can bring disaster. Job 3.25, for the things which I greatly feared, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come upon me. It's talking about literally that literal says the thing that I feared grew legs and walked over to me and took me over. Can you imagine that? Don't fear things. Don't fear things. You don't have to fear anything. You've got the power of God in you. You're an overcomer. And like my good wife said when she was in their worth, she says, don't expect to be an overcomer if you don't have anything to overcome. So whenever these opportunities to be an overcomer come, thank God for them and get positive and just start speaking what's going to happen, what's going to happen in your life. Wow. Well, let's see here. Okay. Uh, Elijah had both faith and expectation when he closed heaven for three and a half years and opened up again for rain after that. First Kings 17, 1. No rain till I say it's going to stop. There's a unique thing here, Pastor. Notice this. He just speaks, stop raining, and it stops raining. But to get it to start again, that's where his expectation and all kind of prayer and, 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 and almost had to go into fasting to get it to rain. See, if something happens there between getting something to stop and getting it to start again. And many times that's why it's so hard sometimes when you stop your Christianity, stop off on the side of the road somewhere, go into a backslidden condition. That's a Baptist thing, backslidden. But you know, why, you know why there's so many Baptists? We could only win them one time. <laughs> okay, let's get serious. And Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up. Uh, oh, uh, the, the rain, he spoke first in 1 Kings 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, Surely, uh, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, surely, he said that, before whom I stand, there shall not be do nor rain these three these years, but according to my word. Here it just stops raining when he says it stops. Now he's made, it's going to call for the rain again, but now great expectation is called for on his part. Because in 1 Kings 18, 41 through 45, and Elijah said to Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. There is a sound of, the, of abundance of rain. Wow. Get ready. It's going to rain. The sound of abundance of rain. There wasn't a sound in the air. There wasn't even a cloud in the sky. But see, expectation will affect your imagination and your image generator 
will start generating images of what God's about to do. Your imaginator that's going to start making those pictures in your mind of what's about to happen. And I read quickly because of time. Uh, and he says, uh, uh, well, where was I? Uh, sound of abundance of rain. So he went up to eat and to drink, and the king went up to eat to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to the servant, go now, look towards the sea. And he went, and, uh, he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Expectation, expectation. And just because nothing happens doesn't mean that expectation has to stop. Believe me, if expectation rises up in you, you will have a picture of what God's getting ready to do. And the more you stand with expectation, the brighter that picture will get. Think with me now. Uh, uh, and here comes the answer. And it came to pass the seventh time. He said, behold, there rises a little cloud out of the sea. Now, despise not the day of small things. God's move in your life usually doesn't come thundering into your life, but it grows in your life and you actually build it with your faith as you say, yes, God, it's coming my way. Yes, this thing is going to be good. This deal is going to make 10000 No, it's going to make 20000 It's going to make 50000 Lord. I can see it's going to make $50,000. It's coming in. Expectation. Amen? Amen? And it begins to rain and he says, you better get going. And then a miracle takes place here most people don't see but he outruns the chariot back to town. He gets out in front of the chariot and outruns the chariot. And horses can run with a pull in the wagon, going to how many you have on it, somewhere around 35, 40 miles an hour, quite a bit faster than man can run. But if you're on fire for God, you can run mighty fast. You know, a, a, a debt-ridden widow showed great faith and expectation. Second Kings, and we're on the fourth uh, chapter and the first seven verses. Now they cried a certain woman to the wives of the sons of the prophets of Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my sons to be bondsmen. And Elijah said, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything save a pot of oil. The auction had already taken place. Everything was out of the house except a little pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels. Abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, vessels, borrow not a few. Now watch this. He didn't go say borrow 10 vessels. He didn't go say borrow 20 vessels. He left it totally up to her how many vessels she wanted to go get. And so she moves on this thing, gathers up the vessels, and when thou art come, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out unto those vessels, and thou shalt uh, set aside that which is, which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels and to her and she poured out. Man, you know, that was some expectation, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> You've got to look like a fool. Right. My wife always said, if you're not willing to do the ridiculous, don't expect the miraculous. <laughs> so here she is ridiculously standing there going to fill up all these pots. Well, the pouring starts. And came to pass when the vessel was full, she said unto her sons, bring me yet a vessel. Expectation. She didn't, the vessels were full. She said, get me some more vessels. Get some more vessels. I'm expecting this pot of oil to keep flowing. And they said, mom, there are no more vessels. There are no more. And the oil stayed. 
And she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay that debt. Isn't that wonderful? That miracle took care of that debt. But watch with me. Watch with me. Every miracle comes out of heaven as big as God. We choke them down to fit ourselves. I'll give you an illustration. Has anybody here ever had a car note that you, that you couldn't make? And you asked God to make it, and he, and he gave you the money. Why didn't you ask him to pay the whole car off? We limit the size of the miracles. We choke them down to fit our little faith basket. Now watch with me. Are you, are you learning anything? Yes, sir. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay that it, and live thou and thy children of the rest. She expanded that miracle for debt. She expanded it out to be a retirement policy also. Do you see that? Don't take and limit God. Don't limit him. Leave room for it to be bigger than you can imagine. Because many times I have prayed for a car payment and got it and had all those other payments still to make. If I'd have just heard myself preach before that, I could have, I could have asked just pay the whole car off, Lord. I need my car paid off. By the way, my house, it's, it's got a debt on it too. I want it paid off. And start expecting that. And that's exactly how Pat and I got out of debt. We had miracle, a series of miracles that took us out of debt, but we were continuously expecting to be debt-free. I had a book ready to write. It was called War on Debt. And God showed me, said, John, that's a good book, but you can't take people where you hadn't been. So we got busy believing to be out of debt, and sure enough, miracles exploded and brought us out of debt. You know, real expectation will cause you to change things in your life before the manifestation can come. Mark 10, 46 through 50, 52, and they came to Jericho. This is about blind Bartimaeus. And they came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho with him, his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat in the highway begging, and he went and heard that Jesus, of, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and saying, Jesus, thou son of David. Now, that was a, the code word for the Messiah. And you could literally be stoned to death for that. So they start, have, have mercy on me, he says. And they say, hey, 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 shut up. Don't, 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 don't say that. That's the wrong words to say. And many charged him and should hold his peace. But he cried even the more, the, the, the greater deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be, be, be of good cheer, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth for thee. And he caught, cast away his garment. Oh man, watch this. He cast away his garment. See, there were phony beggars and phony uh, crippled people, one thing and the other. But if you had a legitimate problem, you could go to the priest and they'd certify you. And there was a beggar's coat that you could wear. But something had to change. He was expecting his eyes to open, and he was expecting it to the point that he had no need for the coat anymore, and he ripped that beggar's coat off and gave up his spot on the roadside. That coat, he would just come over there, and he'd sit down, and he'd, and he'd be begging. It was his spot. Probably had been his dad's spot, but now what happens? Look at this. He takes, and he casts that garment away. He says, I'm changing this. I'm going to have me a miracle. I'm going to leave here seeing. And uh, 
uh, he, and he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? A blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. But you know, we also know that your, his expectation was that faith was wrapped up in expectation. Now, I'm going to move on to a final thing that I want to say. Um, you know, Jesus, and I, and, I, and I take a few minutes with this because it's so, it's so, it sounds wrong when you start saying it. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he is about to lose the salvation that he's there to bring. He's about to have an unacceptable offering to God. Watch what takes place. He says in Mark 14, 32 through 36. And they came to a place which is named Gethsemane. And he said unto his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he, and he, and he taketh with him Peter and James and John... And began to be sore amazed. Do you know what that word is? It's word number uh, 1568 in the Greek uh, uh, Strong's. It means struck with terror. Now, you say, wait a minute. Jesus struck with terror? He was facing all the sins in the world. He had to take him on himself. And he had to bear those sins and receive the punishment for all of those sins. And it, it just was overwhelming. Listen to it. It's, it's the most emotional part I've found in the Bible. And uh, it says, be so amazed and very heavy. And he said unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry thee here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on his ground. And he prayed that if it were possible, this hour might pass from me. Lord, is there a plan B? Could we change this? Then, now here is what we used to settle with before I understood this verse of scripture. This is where the victory was in this next verse. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thou will be done. That was the big, my Bible college, that was thought. said, John, even if you don't want to do it, God calls you to do it. Nevertheless, I'll do it, Lord. I'll do it. Listen. That doesn't conform with 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Are you grasping what we're talking about here? We're talking about the King of kings, the Lord of lords, in that most crucial moment, and he says, okay, Lord, I don't want to do this. Is there a plan B? Could we do something else? Is there another way? If not, not my will but your will be done. Sounds pretty desperate to me. Now, what was the expectation here? He was expecting the misery. He was expecting the misery. But look closely now with me. Watch what happens. Hebrews 12 tells us how he, got, how he went to the cross. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, catch this, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What changed? He got his eyes off of the price and he got his eyes on the prize. 
Are you getting that? See, when it's time to give to God, get your eyes off the prize. Get your eyes off the prize. Get your eyes on the prize. My goodness, see, see uh, yourself with 30-fold more. See yourself with 60-fold more. See yourself with 100-fold more. The prize is there. Give it, it'll be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it. And then you get hung up on the give and you're looking at the, you're looking at the price. And as long as you look at the price, it'll be heavy. But if you get your eyes up and look at the prize, for instance, for instance, this Turkish earthquake, well, what can we give to that? What will we give? Well, what can we afford? No, don't look at what we, what, what is the amount we can afford not to give? Because look, the prize, the prize is people that don't have a chance at heaven. All of a sudden, their circumstances throw them into a position where Christians everywhere are taking care of their needs and something changes in a person when they see the, not, the, not the publicity about Christianity, but the goodness of God. When they see the goodness of God will bring you to repentance. Woo! 1022, preacher. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.